Welcome to another edition of God Signs, the radio outreach of the Deaf Bible Society of Arlington, Texas. This is an organization dedicated to work with Bible translation teams all around the world to make the Bible fully accessible to deaf people in their native language. And they're determined to continue this work until all the deaf have seen. Your host for this program is the president and CEO of the Society, J.R. Bucklew. I'm Marshall Lawrence. Today, JR's guest will be a dear friend of mine as well. Mike Bravo and his wife, Carol, are among the finest people I know, and I'm delighted that you'll be able to hear their story today. So let's get to it. JR? Our scripture for today comes to us from Revelation. I'll be reading from chapter 1, starting in verse 17. Uh, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. What, a, what an amazing message. You try to imagine, I try to imagine, well, you try to imagine, uh, John. What must have it been like? What would his experience have been like to have been sitting there seeing this? I mean, to, to have this vision and then to be before the king of kings. And he says he, 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 he fell at his feet as though dead, lifeless. And this king of kings to say to him, fear not. Mm. I wonder if he knew who he was to, to, at the beginning of this. He, he fell at his feet as though dead. And then he comes and he says, John, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. What a wonderful message that you and I have been blessed to have been given access to. I harp on this every week. You and I have been given access to this amazing, life-transforming message, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, of God's redemptive plan, this plan to restore mankind, to restore his creation to perfection. And the plan to do that and the way to accomplish it being through the death of his son on the cross. But it didn't end there. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. This resurrection, this glorious resurrection, and, and him saying, now go and share this. And as we've uh, read last week, and be uh, witnesses. Be witnesses throughout Judea and Samaria. We get to do that. We have the privilege of doing that. And, and for you and I, we get the privilege of uh, week after week of seeing God not only in uh, working in our lives through the text, but seeing in how he's making his name great among the nations and making himself known to deaf people all around the world. But then also to see how God 
has chosen people from all around the world and brought them into this plan. We've talked with people who are children of deaf adults, people who are hearing and and were setting out on one course of life and the Lord giving them a deaf child and then totally 180, sending them on another, another path. We've met with people who had nothing to do with deaf people. They had nothing to do with sign language, and yet the Lord said, you, I call you. We've been able to talk with those that are deaf that said, you know, I, I grew up in a home where I wasn't able to communicate with my parents and and to see how the Lord said, you, I'll bring you into this plan to make my name great among deaf people. And we've talked with other deaf people who said, you know, I, I'm a deaf person and my parents are deaf and my grandparents are deaf and my siblings are deaf. And the Lord said, you, I'm going to bring you into my plan of making my name great among deaf people. And so it really excites me once again, to get to talk with someone who has, once again, a very different story, but a story that tracks with that, uh, that, that message that God has a people all around the world and he is bringing them into his plan of making his name great among hearing people, among deaf people, and one day before the throne, truly a person from every nation, tribe, and tongue and sign language, every language group, there will be a people there because he was made known to them, because his word was made available. So today, we have the enormous privilege of talking with someone who's uh, joined uh, up with us in our work at Deaf Bible Society, someone who is a brother in the faith and is a dear friend, uh, Mike Bravo. So Mike, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Well, thank you, JR. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, I'm really curious. Um, you know, you, as everyone is listening in right now, you're not talking with me through an interpreter. You're talking for yourself, so you're a hearing person. Um, but your dear wife, Carol, is a deaf person. You've both been in deaf ministry for quite a long time. But can we go back even before that? Um, let's just talk about Mike uh, as a kid. Uh, did you grow up in the Christian faith? Uh, what was your home like? What was your exposure to the gospel? I had a very unique childhood. My father is Hispanic. He was in the military serving in Germany where he met and married my mother. Hmm. So after his season in the military, he came back to California with his German bride and I was born about a year later. And I was the first generation Bravo that grew up not speaking Spanish. My first language is German. And I grew up in a bicultural, bilingual home. And I never really fit. Hmm. And later in high school, I had a good friend named Brett whose parents were deaf. And that was my first exposure to deaf adults. And it was fascinating um, to try to communicate with them using gestures. And having traveled quite a bit while growing up, um, I'm not shy about trying to communicate with people in various um, countries and languages. So... A few years later, there in Silicon Valley, 
I was attending a church not far um, from the Fremont School for the Deaf. That church had a large uh, deaf congregation, and in that congregation, um, there were deaf adults, deaf children, deaf grandparents, and there was a tremendously strong community there in Fremont. And there in that church, there was a, a woman who had a passion for discussing theology, discussing missions, discussing what God is doing in the world this day. Well, when you, when you, when you went to the church, um, at this point in your life, was it primarily out of interest over sign language? Or had you b- become a believer before this? I had become a believer before that, um, five or six years earlier. Yeah. Um, it was actually through a radio program. Oh. Stumbled across it one evening, and uh, the Lord reached down, took a hold of me, and amazing made me one of His. And and uh, you you became a believer. Uh, you have this friend who has deaf parents. That's certainly got to be interesting. I think my experience is a little bit different. I find myself on on the opposite side of that story. I'm usually the the friend with the weird parents and someone saying, what, you you sign and you do this? And well, how does that work? Uh, um, but then you end up going to this deaf church. And as you were saying, this lady who has a real interest in theology and missions. And so you begin a conversation with her. Is she deaf? Yes, uh, she was deaf. She didn't learn begin to learn sign language until she went away um, to college at Gallaudet. Mm. And we developed um, a common interest, and at that point there was no romantic interest. It just we were brothers and sisters in Christ that had a passion to know Christ and to make Him known mm. to every people group. And that church, which also had a hearing component to the congregation, uh, was very active in missions. They frequently had uh, individuals from Asia, particularly India uh, and other Asian countries, being, of course, the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm. Um, And so there was a lot of exposure. And as it became obvious that God had brought us together and the leadership in the church have said, took me aside and said, Mike, you know, God's doing something here. God has brought you together get with the program. Mm. And so once it became apparent that, yes, God had brought us together um, in a very synergistic type way, the Lord made it clear through uh, Proverbs (laughs) 18.22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing (laughs) and has found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So I rejoice. Um, Carol and I were married in 1990. And uh, a month later, we flew out to North Carolina and began the interview process uh, with United World Mission. A month uh, a after month. you married. So the, the Old Testament laws, wait a year before you go to war, that was, that was out the window. That was out the window. <laughs> and so um, the mission at that time really was beginning to focus on second career people, people who were a little mm. bit older who uh, had experience in in ministry, who had been in the trenches, who've proven themselves in the local church. 
And they said, we're going to provide you with the additional training and tools and cross-cultural communication tools to help you be effective. And so Carol and I went through that training and support raising, which took about two, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then we um, got opened the door to not to Africa as we originally thought and had planned, but that door was closed and um, God opened the door for us to move to Romania. Hmm. So you you were hoping you were you were sort of gunning for Africa, right? And the Lord said, "Well, I'm going to send you to the field, but nah, not there. Let's send yes. you somewhere else." Had had Europe even been on your radar? It really hadn't, and it's fascinating how. God's plans mm. are marvelous because culturally the making the adjustment to a European nation was actually quite um, comforting mm. because Romania in the early 90s was very similar to Germany in the midst of Reconstruction in the 60s and 70s. And I spent most of my vacations in my younger years visiting my German grandparents and aunts and uncles. Oh, yeah. And so I understood and actually felt very much at home in Romania. And uh, it was more of a challenge for Carol as we moved to the country with a three-month-old baby. Sure. And, um, but it was, a, it was a real joyful time. Of, of doing evangelism and discipleship and leadership training and church planting. Were you focused in the area of deaf ministry? Was yes. it broad ministry or what? We were just focused on um, initially learning Romanian sign language, mm. also learning sufficient um, Romanian to be able to function in everyday mm -hmm. life. But our focus was to really immerse ourselves in the deaf community. When you first arrived in Romania, what was your first uh, encounter with local deaf Romanians? We were fascinated with them, and they were fascinated with us. And just the novelty of the being, novelty. Yeah. Uh, um, well, you know, someone, a real live person from California, <laughs> and so and they and, sign and <clears throat> yes, trying to and, meet with deaf people. That's weird yeah, and. Uh, Carol, in her um, earlier, had worked for five years in Hollywood as a TV caption writer. Hmm. And uh, so that being part of her resume and being a teacher for school for the deaf, which at that time in Romania, there were no deaf teachers. Hmm. So was there, a, was there any kind of education for deaf children? There were. I believe there were nine different schools for the deaf around the country. So there were schools set up for deaf children, but no deaf people teaching in these schools. Correct. Uh, Correct. And we've seen that, I mean, all over the world that's, in a lot of places. Unfortunately, yeah. that's uh, very sad. But I'm happy to report that's really changing. And even hmm. in today uh, in Romania... Um, the universities are now open to deaf individuals, and the last I heard earlier this spring, there's 30 to 40 deaf individuals uh, studying in the University of wow. Cluj wow. in Transylvania. So it's really marvelous to see what God has done over the last 25, 30 years. It's really been a 
tremendous transition. What, what would you say was one of the hardest things in doing ministry among the deaf there in Romania? When you, when you first arrived to the field, um, I, I may have missed this. How many years did you and Carol end up actually living there? Between two, two and a half years. Okay. And the greatest challenge was not within the deaf community. Hmm. The greatest challenge was everyday life, securing food. Um, we had another baby while we were there. Um, food, diapers, disposable diapers. And just everyday life was mm-hmm. a challenge. Um, and the probably the thing that really weighed heavy on my heart was how deaf individuals were disrespected hmm. and looked as looked upon as uh, castaways hmm. something not worth really investing into and so seeing them as God does created in the image of God who that have a language that have a vibrant culture who have the capacity to uh, follow Christ, to understand his word through sign language, and to uh, serve in the church um, and become leaders and, and mm-hmm. worship leaders and pastors and evangelists. Um, you know, more than once I was told by hearing individuals there in the country that all deaf people can never do something like that. Mm. And I just, Lord, show them. Mm. And God did a marvelous work. You know, we, we talked uh, sometime back with uh, a pastor of Deaf Church out of Fort Worth, and uh, we touched on this topic a little bit, where even in the U.S., we there's this struggle. There seems to be a struggle for a lot of hearing pastors or hearing churches to really understand that. And as I keep telling people, you know, when I read in Timothy the qualifications of overseer, you don't have to hear a certain decibel exactly. uh, in order to be a pastor exactly. and evangelist. And But it is a hard thing for people to understand, um, especially when it seems like the, the idea of this deaf world and sign language and culture is just so foreign to so many people. Mm-hmm. Even even right here in the U.S., Mike. I mm-hmm. mean, right here in the United States, we have a hard time understanding that there's a there's a people group here in the millions where they have language, they have culture that's developed uh, within their community that's different from your everyday hearing American, if you will. Uh, the way they communicate with one another is different. The social rules are different. And it's not just the language in which you use to share the gospel, but it's in how you would share the gospel based on how that community is used to receiving and sharing information, the process in mm-hmm. which you share the gospel. And we know um, there's not a single deaf people group around the world. There are deaf people groups all over the world. Exactly. And so though there are so many similarities between deaf Americans and deaf Romanians, they're 
there, there are also some differences. So I'm sure you encountered a lot of that even as you started engaging with the deaf in mm-hmm. Romania. Um, but in, in, in the broader uh, ministry efforts among deaf people in Europe, what would you say in your experience is, has been a big challenge in bringing the gospel to the deaf in Europe outside of uh, mission logistics. So we know that that is that is challenging and that is weighty as we, when people go overseas, you're living in a different culture, uh, functional language and how you go to the market and what's what, what something is called and how you live day to day is is different. But being that there's little to no scripture in many European sign languages, what makes what makes it so difficult to introduce deaf Europeans to the gospel? They don't have the scripture, the word of God in their heart language. Why is that, why does that make it difficult? Because they have no way to access the word of God because mm. they're not fluent and they don't have the ability to um, read the word of God in uh, that particular locale's uh, written language. And so... Uh, back in 1993-94, we already saw the need for a Romanian sign language translation project, mm-hmm. that there was a need for that. And so we reached out to some folks that were doing translation work in the U.S., invited them to come to Romania and to begin that process. Because once someone comes to faith in Christ and they mm-hmm. begin to grow— if they don't have the ability to continue to access the Word of God to get into beyond the milk, to get into the meat of the Word, mm. how will they ever grow? How will um, deaf pastors and elders and deacons, how will they be able to grow and mature and to be able to be used of God um, without having access to the Word of God? Yeah. And so that has been... The focus of our our ministry, even um, still today, and still today here, um, serving a deaf Bible society, that's still our heart, our passion, our our why we're here is yeah. to see the Word of God in their heart language, and once it's in their heart language, to get out of the way and watch what God does through these deaf individuals, and it's absolutely amazing of what God can do um, with the Word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, thankfully, we're seeing things start to take place. We're seeing things come together, and there are deaf ministers and believers all around Europe, and there seems to be an excitement and a readiness to receive His Word in their language. Yes, yeah. there is. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for uh, sharing your story with us. Um, it is amazing to see how God has used you, how he continues to bring people uh, into his work. And uh, we continue to pray for the many deaf people in Europe and all around the world who've yet to receive his word in their language. May it come soon. Yes. Amen. What do you do when God taps you on the shoulder and says, go here? Do that. Learn this. Serve me. If you're wise, you gulp and you say, yes, Lord, because you know that his plans are superior to yours or mine or any human's. Nothing in the kingdom of God has ever been done without that yes from a trusting and obedient soul. 
Deaf Bible Society is working hard every day to give deaf people around the world something that you and I have simply taken for granted all our lives, an available version of the Bible in our native language. But as of this moment, there's not a single version of the Bible in any signed language on earth. Would you help us change that? Please go to GodSigns.com, make a generous donation to help make that happen. This is a serious need, and the only people who can help meet it are people like you and me, who know the need and are willing to act. Please help us fulfill our mission at GodSigns.com. Thank you. Now, closing remarks from JR. Isn't it amazing? I mean, don't you think to, con- to just to see how God is weaving people together? To listen to a story uh, like Mike's, his journey of meeting someone who had deaf parents and being fascinated over that, to beginning to learn sign language, the Lord leading him to a deaf church, meeting this lady who was just excited about theology, and, and uh, you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, and he said, yes, sir, this is for me. Uh, she is a good thing. And then the Lord sending them to Romania for a season, but for a lifetime of impact, for a lifetime of work that has led to where they are today. Much like the deaf in Romania, there are deaf people all over Europe, many different sign languages, who don't have any scripture available to them. Nothing. Nothing available to them. When you and I look at Revelation chapter 1 and we're able to look at verse 17 and read that John says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. We get to rejoice in that. And you can continue to rejoice. Because every day, there is work being done all around Europe that are bringing deaf people together, deaf pastors and deaf leaders, to equip them and train them and empower them to begin Bible translation projects, scripture engagement projects that will make him known to the people so that we can rejoice in the testimony of deaf people all over the world before that throne saying, we fell at his feet when we saw who he was in his word. We fell at his feet. And he said, fear not. They will be able to see that in their language. Won't you rejoice with us? Won't you pray with us? that this reality would be accomplished in our lifetime, that we might be able to to enter the the throne room with tears of thanksgiving, with tears of praise, and say, Lord, thank you for using me as a part of your plan to make your name great among deaf people in Europe, in America, and all around the world. Join us in prayer. Please go to GodSigns.com, sign up to stay up to date with with everything that's happening at GodSigns and at Deaf Bible Society. 
go to DeafBibleSociety.com and find a project that you can engage with through prayer, through financial support. So these leaders will have all the resources they need to do the work well. That God would be glorified in all of it. Thank you for being with us on this journey. And thank you for listening today. Remember that a video of the program you just heard is streaming now on GodSigns.com, fully interpreted in American Sign Language, so deaf people can enjoy it too. Thank you for joining us on this weekly adventure. On behalf of everyone at Deaf Bible Society, I'm Marshall Lawrence. God bless you. So these leaders will have all the resources they need to do the work well that God would be glorified in all of it. Thank you for being with us on this journey. And thank you for listening today. Remember that a video of the program you just heard is streaming now on GodSigns.com, fully interpreted in American Sign Language, so deaf people can enjoy it too. Thank you for joining us on this weekly adventure. On behalf of everyone at Deaf Bible Society, I'm Marshall Lawrence. God bless you.